on this episode of This Is Game Boy, loving this road trip, but all this driving is tiring me. to episode 28 of This Is Game Boy. I am Belthic Gaming, and with me as always is Mula. Hello. Hello. Uh, before we dive into this episode's game, which I'm actually pretty excited about, uh, what have you been up to, Mo? I haven't been doing much lately. Um, if people listened to my light it came out uh, before this, uh, we had a little bit of a heat wave going on here. And like I said then, I'm never recording again <laughs> during one, because that was absolutely bonkers to do. Um, so I haven't been doing much besides that either. Like, I haven't been streaming because my room is like, what, 38 to 40 degrees. It's like no fun to do. I think I tried it one day and I lasted like an hour and a half and then I just had to stop because it, it was just not fun for me, even with a fan on me. Um, so, um, I mentioned then that I was playing some offline games, so I have continued that a little bit, not too much. Um, I actually yesterday uh, downloaded Infamous Second Son. Um, people don't know what that is. Infamous 1 and 2 were PS3 games. They were quite well received, uh, made by Sucker Punch, who I believe did uh, Ghost of... Uh, Tsushima, Tsushima, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so those were their first games, I believe, that they ever made. And they were all right. Like, it, it was at least a fun concept of uh, getting to be evil or bad and, and having different powers because of that. So I enjoyed those games. I think I played those back-to-back -back and got platinum on both of them. Uh, and this one, Infamous Second Son, was, I believe, the third one. Um which was one of the very first PS4 games that ever got made. But I never got around to playing it, and I had it on PS Plus for quite a while, so I decided to, like, you know what, I'm, I'm finally going to check this one out. Um, because I am thinking of maybe not renewing my subscription for PS Plus next month, because it has been horrible for over a year, so why would I? But probably will forget, like, always, and then I'm gonna be charged again, and I'm like, well, there you go. Uh, so, but in case I do uh, stop using PS Plus, I, I did play this. Um, I started it yesterday, and I must say, this is a pretty boring game for me. Um, I don't know why, because it's technically the same again, but maybe that's why, because it's technically the same again. Um, I just finished my good karma playthrough. I still have to do bad karma on expert mode to get all the trophies out of the way. Luckily, it's only like an eight-hour game, um, and That's rushing short. through it will, will be like, what, six hours or something. So that's okay, but I did not really enjoy myself while playing it. Um, it's another one of those quote-unquote open-world games where you go from section to section, do everything, all the little mini side quests, uh, which are extremely boring. Um, there's nothing more I can say about that. Um, luckily, the, what the game does offer, I think it's a fun story. I think the uh, protagonist and his brother have like a nice... Um, Nice thing going between them. Um, and I must say I'm pretty impressed by the graphics for one of the very first PS4 games. I, I think it holds up very well. Unless they make like an HD 
patch for it or something. I don't know, because it did download like a lot of data that was not necessary. So maybe they overhauled it a little bit to make it look a little bit more pretty. But I think it's uh, it looks pretty. It's it's quite a funny protagonist and the antagonist is also very interesting. So it has at least that going for it. But uh, I wouldn't recommend this game that much. Like I don't know if you played any of the infamous games. But... Nope. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're totally not into the series at all, I don't know, like, maybe just skip it. Um, it was well-received as far as I know, but, yeah, for me it was a little bit just uh, too samey and too boring. Um, and besides that, I also played a little bit of Super Paper Mario, uh, which is the third Paper Mario that came out for uh, Wii. Well, not the third that came out for Wii, but the third su uh, Paper Mario game, uh, the one that came out for Wii. Um, I only played Chapter 1, but it's pretty fun. It's, like, a completely different take because it's not really an RPG, but more of a 2D platformer where you can go into 3D. So, kind of weird coming uh, uh, after Thousand Year Door, which is an amazing game, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I, I like the Paper Mario series. I always think it's a very funny take on the Mario universe. And uh, this one hasn't disappointed me yet. So, um, I mean, I beat a boss and he farted himself away, so... <laughs> what more? What, what what more do I need? Like that's perfect. So yeah, it's it's a fun game, and I'll uh, definitely get back to it as soon as I'm done with uh, Infamous Second Son. Um, besides that, some people who are in our Game Boy Discord, uh, like the Game Boy Community Discord, might have seen that I released um, a document which basically is all pages from Nintendo Power that featured Game Boy games. Um, so I went through, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> from 1988 till, till 2000 or something, through all the issues, collected all of the, the articles and put them into one document. Um, if people are interested in seeing that, um, I'll add a download thingy in the uh, description of the podcast as well. Um, it's just, well, fun to see some uh, cool maps and cool drawings that you can can look at. Um, I also included some tips and tricks that might not have been known, um, so you can always look that up. That was a fun project, but it took me two days of like literally staring at my screen and, and saving, so <laughs> it's it's not that fun to do, but uh, I'm, I'm still glad I did it. Um, and besides that, I've just been drawing a little bit here and there just to uh, improve my skills a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I haven't been gaming that much, at least. Oh, yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, speaking of Sucker Punch, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it was fun for, like, the first ten hours. And then, like, every other Sucker Punch game out there in the world, it got really boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it gets repetitive. Like, Sucker Punch can make a really good game that can captivate your attention for the first, like, ten hours, and then after that, it gets so repetitive mm -hmm. that it's just, it's boring. Um, but I Platinum Ghost of Tsushima, um, if you just play the story, it's like a ten-hour game. But if you do all the side stuff, it's, I don't know, like 30 to 40 hours, probably. Yeah. Um, the how long to beat is a complete lie. Don't listen to it. Um... <laughs> It said, it said something like originally it was like 70 hours to platinum. I'm like, no, get real. <laughs> um, 
I think even said like 25 hours for the story. I'm like, yeah, if you keep dying in the first mission. Um, then after that, I did Saints Row 3 Remastered, which is a just a mess of a game. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I've, I the 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 Saints Row ports to PC are bad because they're riddled with glitches. This remaster is worse. <laughs> I played the remaster on Xbox One and I I hard crashed the game twice. Wow! By turning a car. <laughs> um. So it's it's a it's a disaster. I can't I can't even in good conscience recommend the remaster, even though it comes with all the DLC and the DLC is actually fun for the game. I cannot recommend the remaster of Saints Row 3. As much as I love the series, uh, it is just a glitch-riddled disaster. Uh, it's it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> Literally, honest, honestly, buy it on Steam or buy the uh, the whatever gun edition collectors, whatever edition that they have for uh, Xbox 360 and then just backwards compatible play it on the Xbox One. You'll have a much better experience. Um, yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> Been playing a lot of Fall Guys. A lot of Fall Guys. I think I'm like level 36 out of 40 right now in Fall Guys for the season. <laughs> yeah, I checked that out because it was free on PS Plus this month. Uh, but it's not for me. I played it for half an hour. I was like, nope, <laughs> nope, I'm done. This is nope. I, I've gotten to the point where I can only play it with friends now because I get right. so infuriated by people uh, that play that game that I have to play it with friends now. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, aside from server issues at launch, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yep. it's been, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. It, it's gotten me in touch with a lot of, a lot of friends that I don't ever typically get to talk with. So, yeah, good. um, yeah, it's been nice. Uh, yesterday I did some, <laughs> I did some Sega stuff, which, <laughs> which was a thing. Uh, for those of you out there that don't really know me, I don't like Sega at all. I think Sega is just the absolute pits of everything. <laughs> um, but I got like this this retro this uh, like flashback Genesis thing like six years ago. Uh, if we which is like those like Atari flashbacks, like you buy in a box, it has like eighty five games built into it, plug it in and play them type deal. Yeah, yeah. I I got one of those in Genesis form. And what what pulled me in was that it has a cartridge slot that you could actually play Genesis games off of, which I thought was actually pretty cool. But you know, I decided, like, let's go check out some of these games. Like, I played, like, four Sonic games, hated them all. I was like, God, Sonic's boring. <laughs> um, literally just hold right and jump. Like, it's a lot of fun. Um, like, I played a few other games, and I was like, well, I'm like, I kind of want to try out this whole cartridge slot, because that's the whole reason I pulled it out of the box. So I threw Shaq Fu in because, as you do, and uh, I, I sat down and beat Shaq Fu in one city. <laughs> on um, and then, uh, yeah, then I, I unhooked it, threw it back in the box, and went back into the closet. <laughs> I, do, I don't like Sega, so uh, it it was for what it is, it's neat. But I am not a Sega. There's a there's very few Sega games that I actually like. So. Um, outside of that, uh, not a whole terribly bunch of things. Uh, I, for my stuff for outside of gaming, uh, like with Mo, I've been drawing a lot cause Mo and I are in Man Over Mars's art club. So, uh, Mo and I have been drawing a lot lately 
And on top of that, uh, I finally got some new cabling and some better um, video quality for my for my retro stream. So a lot of my retro streaming and a lot of retro recording was on hold until I could get a better video set up. So now that I have one for Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy, I, uh, I am more inclined to actually play retro again. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Yeah. I'll be glad to go back to Game Boy uh, tomorrow, probably, I assume. Even though it is Prince of Persia that I have to play, but... Uh, that game's not that bad. I, it's, I, it's not I a bad game, I, I haven't beat it, but I have pl- I've dabbled in it. It's not terrible. Your yeah, next game sucks. Yeah, it's definitely not a terrible port of it or anything, but it's yeah, it's still a very slow game, of course. So, uh, your, your game after Prince of Persia, is it Runes of Virtual 2 or 1? Because 2, 2 is my least favorite. I believe it's the first one. Okay, the first one's not bad. I, I, I've played both of them. Two sucks, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to like them, because those are not my style of RPGs to play, but yeah. uh, but we'll see. Like, I, I did find some articles or maps on it in, in Nintendo Power, so maybe those will Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, I, for that's, both of that's them, actually impressive that, yeah. that Nintendo Power actually has. I guess Ultima was a pretty big title for Nintendo. Yeah, it was. Like, I look, I look back at my shelves now, and I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of Ultima games on NES and, and Super Nintendo, so. I've never played one, so it's going to be completely new for me. I... I enjoy them, but you and I have very different tastes in video games. I like open world games, and you mm. don't. So <laughs> yeah, I really don't. <laughs> well, the, see, the reason why, like Infamous, which is open world, it's like the side quests are just too boring for me after a while, and I feel yeah. like that's seventy five percent of the game. And I'm like, yeah, that's... I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I really don't just. Get I will the agree. Next I will agree with you. Like, like open world definitely has a fine line between being entertaining and just being boring. I think one of the better, more recent open world games to date is Spider Man. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, I, I think I actually like, like that one. Yeah, like Spider Man for the PS4 is a, is an open world game that has a lot of side stuff to it, but the side stuff is actually somewhat meaningful, and it's it is a little repetitive from count from like section to section, but you don't have to do a ton of it. And it's something you're probably end up going to do in a way as you're swinging through the city between mission to mission. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, uh like Spider Man Spider Man Open World was done right in my opinion, versus something like uh, I'll even I'll even throw Red Dead in there. Red Dead Two Open World, in my opinion, was done right because there is so much to do and you can play it however you want. Like I spent the first twenty five hours of Red Dead Two just hunting. Well, I didn't do any story missions. So I just hunted. Um, like you can kind of play the game how, however you want, and you'll eventually just beat the game because that's how that kind of that's how that game works. But something like Ghost of Tsushima is open world, and literally every quest is walk through the gate, stab five people, walk out, and get and get yelled at by your uncle. Like that's literally <laughs> that's the game in a nutshell, right there. And then you have this weird, awkward love interest between the main character and this and this woman that saves you. Okay, like that—that's the game. Like that's literally—I just told you the Ghost of Tsushima story all in ten seconds, right there. Yeah. Um, in other games, like you have other games, like uh, the old Spider-Man games, like the ones for, like Xbox, uh, Xbox and PS2. I'm gonna get 
I'm gonna get yelled at for this one, but like those were open world games and they were boring as as all heck. <laughs> like all you did was swing around cities, save somebody, deliver pizzas, and that was it. Like it was boring. Okay, <laughs> like straight up. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, they're hailed sure. as like the best Spider Man ever, but they're boring. Um so there is a fine line with open world, and like I, I like open world games because I like being able to do whatever I want to do, but at the same time, yeah, there is a line where I'm like, okay, like this is just not worth it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to see how, how I feel about Breath of the Wild whenever somebody picks that for me. Uh, uh, I, have... I, I really feel like I need to give that game another chance, but I'm also going to be like, again, 20 hours in, I'm going to be like, oh, make it stop. <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So many mixed feelings. Like, I, I wanted to like it so much. Because it is like an Elder Scrolls game, and I love Elder Scroll games, but oh god, there's so many things they missed the mark on, and I, I hope the second Breath of the Wild, they expand on that and fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the open world things in Breath of the Wild are done well, but the problem is it takes away from, for me at least, from. It actually being a Zelda game, and that's that's I, exactly it. I needed that more Zelda in the open world Zelda game, which is yeah, it's weird, but yeah. That we'll, that we'll was exactly it for me. Was that like when I play when I play Zelda, <clears throat> it's a it's an epic adventure between seven or eight dungeons, right, or however yeah. many dungeons there's going to be. Typically, seven to eight dungeons. Like you gotta get either your your tokens for Ocarina of Time or your Triforce pieces or your instruments or, you know, whatever it was. Like, you had to go through a plethora of different dungeons to progress through the game. And while in the open world, you know, the, the outer world of it all, the world map, like, you encounter enemies almost on every single screen. And they were very... Like, the enemies were varied, you know. Mm -hmm. you, you would fight one type here, another type here, one type here, another type here. But in... In Breath of the Wild, like, it's so open that you can go on for an hour and not have an enemy encounter at all. You can go on for like an hour and not have any interaction with any NPCs at all. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like there's there's so much emptiness to the game. It just doesn't feel like a Zelda game. And then you get to the dungeons. Like, there's only four dungeons in the game. Like four actual, not even they're not even actual. They're puzzles. You have four yep. <laughs> dungeons in the game that are just puzzles that you can easily manipulate with a with a certain with a certain skill that you get from one of the dungeons. Uh, it, it and then you have these shrines that give you tokens or whatever it is to allow yourself to have more health or stamina or whatever, yes. which you do need to do eventually. But like it just it's so it's so disconnected from what people are used to with a Zelda, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing at times, but, like, with this, like, it was so disconnected. Like, the only connecting piece this game from the Zeldas that we know to Breath of the Wild was the character names and the title. Like, that was it. Yeah, this was a strange take on it, and they should have taken a chance on it, like... Yeah, 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 it was a nice a experiment for sure, but yeah, they they need to change up a few things to make everybody like the game as much as, as they should. So, uh, but yeah, we maybe we'll get something better with Breath of the Wild too. I'm not sure. I think they're gonna 
go a very different way with that game actually i, I uh, hope they do yeah like yeah. i'm fine with i'm fine with developers taking chances and experimenting like that's how you you grow a franchise right yeah like, I mean, look at Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 from the NES. Like, two very different games. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, hot take. Like, Skyward Sword is my favorite Zelda game. It's not many people's favorite Zelda game, but it's my favorite Zelda game. <laughs> I like that's what um, But, like, I feel like they did Skyward Sword pretty pretty right. Like, you had your X amount of dungeons. You had a little bit of open-worldness to it. But, like, it was a Zelda game through and through. Like, you had your dungeons, you had your mini explorations, you had your uh, Link needs to save Zelda storyline. Like, you had all of this type of stuff. And I feel like Breath of the Wild had that, but everything else in the game was so disjointed that you lost focus on that actual story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I will say, so after pooping on... Breath of the Wild so much now. I will say there are some things I really do like about Breath of the Wild. They have a lot of throwbacks in there. Like, you can see the Temple of Time and all those types of things from previous games. Um, I think the memory sequences that you can come across between Link and Zelda are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And the Ganon fight is actually probably one of my favorite Ganon fights in the series. So... Yeah, I've never reached that, sadly, so maybe one day. <laughs> we'll see. I do feel like I need to beat that game, at least. So. Yeah. And I do like that the weapons break. That's another hot take, is no one likes that. I actually like it that the weapons break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, at least not... I don't mind that the weapons you can just find everywhere can break. Like, I can see that, but just not being able to use the Master Sword... After doing so much trouble for getting it and finding out it's pretty much useless, yeah, I was that's so disappointed. And that's that's when I turned the game off. I was like, nope, I'm I'm just done. Like I thought I finally would get something, make this game a little bit more fun to play, I guess, uh, or the that's battles fair, at least yeah. fun. And and then it was like, oh, but you use it five times and then it has to recharge for half an hour. And I like, I will why. S- <laughs> I will say my my most disappointing part of the game was the Lost Woods. Yeah. The Lost Woods in every Zelda game is my favorite zone. I love the Lost Woods in every Zelda game. <clears throat> but in this game it was it fell very, very short. So which was really disappointing. Yeah. But uh yeah, so now this is a Zelda podcast, so <laughs> Next week, we talk about A Link to the Past Randomizer. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this episode, uh, getting back on track here. Uh, first tangent of the episode. Um, so we're talking about Banishing Racer, which is a very cute, unique game only released in Japan. So stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to deep dive into the history of Banishing Racer. everybody so banishing racer japanese only released game came out in july 26 of 1991 uh developed and published by jalico which i can't say much 
many bad things about Jalico. Well, no. I can say one bad thing about Jalico. They made interface basketball, which is just a complete garbage game. Um, <laughs> yeah, their sports <laughs> games aren't that great. Well, at least not on Game Boy. Like, there's one on NES that's actually pretty good, but, but yeah. Is it Hoops? Mm, no, no. I don't know which one it is. Like, yeah. me and the NES library are not that <laughs> familiar with each other, but I know there's, like, one of them that's really good, but usually they're just, like, run-of-the-mill, very cheaply produced sports games that nobody actually wants to play, but, hey, well, they, they made ba- them they had, at least. They had bases loaded. That was a decent baseball game. Right. It was yeah. simple, but it was, it was, it was all right. But if those of you that don't know Jalico all that well, they did uh, Shatterhand, um, Earth Defense Force. They did do hoops. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was something similar to that. They did, uh, I believe they did Rodland as well. Rodland, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games. They did Avenging uh, Spirit for Avenging Game Boy. Avenging Spirit, yeah. Fortified Zone for Game yeah. Boy. Um, Which is Ikari Warriors, basically, if people don't base. know Fortified Zone. So. Well, it's, it's the same... Uh, series. It's a completely different game than Ikari Warriors, but... Uh, it's better. Yeah, this it's way better. <laughs> way better. Be- Battle Unit Zeoth. Right. Um, so, yeah, they definitely have some bangers out there. It looks like they... I mean, they, they've done a lot of sports games, but they yeah. definitely have some bangers out there in terms of platformers. So, um, it was this was composed by Yasuyuki Suzuki. And I tried to find anything I could about this person. And the only thing that I could find credit for on them is, like, newer stuff from, like, 2015 and newer. Um, right. And, yeah, I, I know... a lot of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know uh, he or she, I'm also not sure if it's he or she, was just yeah, the, sure. the um, in-house composer for Jalico, so... Most of the songs from all the other games are also composed by uh, Suzuki. Like, Battle Unit Seat was also uh, Suzuki that I know of, so um, it's probably just going to be that for, for all the Jellico games. Yeah, that's, that's fair, yeah. But uh, I did a little bit of... I found, I found a little bit about the person. Uh, it, like I said, like, composers back then are so hard to find stuff about. But uh, this was one of the early works of this composer, uh, and the, the the soundtrack is is a is a banger. Like the soundtrack is actually very good for mm-hmm. this game. Yeah. Um, but looking at their current, what they're doing today, they do a lot of screenwriting for an, for anime. So Naruto, Yu Gi Oh, right. and things of that nature. Uh, they actually helped out with oh god, Resident Evil Code Veronica. Okay. Uh, which was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people love that one. I don't. I, I don't. I don't like Code Veronica at all. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I really don't like that game. I I yeah. I don't like. I don't even like watching it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so pretty interesting that we actually had a, a, a composer name too. That was actually kind of tough to find. I didn't know about them being a part of the whole Jalico inner inner sanctum of composing. Yeah. Pretty much, like, as far as I know. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. weird thing about this game is, like, people will probably recognize the name Banishing Racer, uh, because anything you can find about this game, it's literally called Banishing Racer. Um, but apparently that might not actually be the name, um, because the... Um, and I'm so good with explaining these <laughs> things. Uh, how do you call a Japanese character again? 
the kanji. kanji. There we go. Um, the way that uh, the supposed B is uh, written, it can also be seen as uh, or pronounced as a V. So, um, and I got this information from another uh, Game Boy reviewer called Game Boyle on YouTube. Um, so, vanishing. Um, might probably be the actual title because for some reason a lot of Japanese media got inspired by a uh, movie about racing called Vanishing and they just renamed a lot of games or other movies Vanishing. So maybe that's where it comes from that, uh, that the actual title could be Vanishing Racer. And if you look up the video of Game Boy, which you should check out for sure, um, you can see he called the episode Vanishing Racer, but it's the only one you're gonna find anywhere on the internet who calls it that. So um, we're just going with Vanishing Racer because everybody knows it like Vanishing Racer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a it yeah. It's so weird like trying to like localize something that was only released in Japan. Because like there are times too where like like Banishing Racer, like that someone figured that out like long before, you know, probably one of us got really involved with Game Boy. Mm -hmm. So like we just kinda just took it, you know, and just like trusted it, right? But like having someone that can go in and like try and like translate and do all this, like actually localize something like nowadays would be really interesting just to see like how much like how much was wrong you know yeah. like way back when <laughs> um yeah the same it, yeah the same yeah. goes for for the frog uh, for the frog the bell tolls um yeah, that's also game. not the exact translation um i know the actual translation is out there somewhere but i forgot it already it's also mentioned in game boy's video actually it's for the frog the frog wait the yeah whatever i'm not even bell, for whom the frog bell tolls yeah that's it so we just go with whatever is commonly used actually like that people at least know what it's about so froggy game froggy game yeah that's how yeah. we like to call it indeed. <laughs> uh yeah like it's 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 fun like it's honestly like as much as it's frustrating because i don't know japanese to help translate that kind of stuff mm -hmm. it is fun to try and find information about that and it's even more fun using the google translator because it is atrociously wrong and it can make some pretty funny titles <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah well at, at least like for these kind of things people have actually put some effort into it but then you have like the translations from the old nes days from oh. the actual in-game text that that's like well, um, the one I always think of is uh, I feel asleep from Metal Gear, which is, <laughs> what? I feel asleep. Why I would feel you, asleep. Why would you translate it like that? That makes no <laughs> sense at all, but yeah. I am error, all right? <laughs> or that, or all your base are belong to us, or what? Like, how do they come up with these things? I, yeah, so good. Some of them are so good. Yeah. There's, um, a, I think there's a book out there that talks about, or like a series of books actually, like wrong translations, if I do remember correctly. Lost in, is, it, is it not called Lost in Translation? No, that's the movie, right? That's a movie, <laughs> Lost in Translation. It's something like that, though. I know there's like a whole series of those books. Like It's, it's pretty there's, funny to read. There's probably a lot of YouTube videos about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love Japanese-only games. <laughs> And then uh, let's see here the plot. Oh, the plot. The plot to this game is 
actually pretty simple. Yeah. I don't I don't understand the ending, but I understand the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah, you uh you when you load up the game, if you don't press any buttons, you get this image of a junkyard uh with a text and it shows some some kanji it is translated to scrap, so you're in a scrapyard. Um and then there's a car that you can see its eyes in the in the dark. You know, think of like the old cartoons where like it's a black screen and you can see the eyes, something like that. And it starts tearing up, and and then like the tears like start going towards a star, and an angel arrives, and the angel magically makes this this car a functional car again. And now the car like takes a road trip across America, and. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the beginning of Banishing Racer. Yeah. Why does he go on that trip? I have no idea. Like No clue at all. It, it's like, not I, really explained or shown why he would do that or or why he has to battle the things we come across during this game. Uh, there might be a manual out there for sure. Uh, but Good luck finding one. Yeah, good luck, good luck finding that. Uh, and if you do find it, it's probably gonna be five billion dollars. Yeah, because the absolutely. game the game is so expensive. Like yeah. the game is like a loose cart to this game is like three hundred dollars. Yeah, like this is a this is one of those weird exceptions where like most Japanese games are super cheap. This is one of those exceptions where like this game is crazy expensive. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, even like the ending, like the ending, super weird as well too. Like. Once you once you've beat the final boss, which we'll talk about here in a minute, well probably like twenty minutes, but like at the end you get like this film strip. The car the car is happy, meets the angel again, does a fist pump in the air, super happy. Angel goes away. The car continues driving and it drives past all of the stuff. The angel goes into the Statue of Liberty, and, yeah, and uh, the car goes into space. Cause and then the car not. flies. <laughs> the car flies into space. And then the final scene is the Statue of Liberty, which turns into an anime girl. And then the car winks at her. They have a little heart in there. I don't know what it says. And oh, I know what it says. End. It says "See you next time." Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, because there's actually a fan translation for this game, which is weird because only the credits at the end <laughs> have been translated because the rest is just in English. So, uh, and the, the initial cutscene doesn't even have any text. So they just translate at the end. So it says, "Yeah, see you next time." Yeah, so literally, the, the, if you if someone asks, like, what's the what's Spanish Eraser about? You're a car that's taking a road trip across America. Yeah. Like, there you, there, there you go. Like, that's the, that's the story. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, gameplay. So, let's get into that, I guess. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Mo talk a little bit since <laughs> I've taken over this podcast, basically. <laughs> yeah, when, when people hear the name Banishing Racer, of course, the first thing they will think, oh, oh this is just a racing game uh, across, like we said, across uh, America. Uh, but it's not. Um, it's actually a platforming game. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that, huh? No, this is, uh, this is like a weirdly based, not only platforming game, but also... Kind of an auto-scrolling, quote-unquote, shmup. You can't call it a shmup because it's more of like a bonk a mup, no, a a mup. It's like it's like, like Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. In in certain areas, it's like Super Mario Brothers because you jump on things as heads to kill them. Yeah, and there's platforms. And but at you other are times flying. It's like it's like Flappy Bird and other parts. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense if we're talking about it like that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's basically a platforming game. Like that's that's yeah. all you can say. But you are in control of a car, and yes, this thing controls like an actual car. So. Um, they did that actually pretty well. Um, it's not like a very smooth, like Super Mario Brothers game, like where you just run left to right or anything like that. No, you like actually have physics that belong to a car. Um, I hear you say like, but it's a car; it can just go backwards and forwards, right? Like, how can that be a platformer? Well, this car can actually jump, quote unquote. Um, you actually use some kind of turbo boost to haul yourself up in the air uh, so you're able to jump over pits jump on platforms and jump on incoming enemies so that's basically what the gist of this game is it's uh it consists of five stages in total which we will go through uh, shortly um and after each uh uneven world you get a boss fight um the even worlds don't have boss fights for whatever reason uh and each world consists of four stages if i remember correctly or three and a boss if you want usually three like three and a boss yeah, yeah three and a boss or just three stages um yeah this trip takes you across america for some reason again like what is happening in this game nobody knows nobody knows the map <clears throat> the map too is where the dots are and they where they tell you that you're going is so inaccurate <laughs> for the American map. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you basically go from uh, the west coast to the east coast. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, you're you're pretty limited in lives. You get you have two car icons, but you technically have three lives. Uh, and every twenty or thirty thousand points, you get an extra life. Uh, you have unlimited continues, but if you do game over, you'll go back to whatever dash one, whatever world that you're in. So if you game over in world four, you'll go back to four dash one. If you're if you were in four three or something, or if you were in if you game over on the, on the final boss, you'd go back to five dash one. Yeah, uh, it's it sucks in that manner, but the unlimited continues is super nice. There are no checkpoints, however, in a stage. So if you get to the final part of the stage and die, you get to do the entire stage over again. Yeah. Um, uh, some some other things to definitely mention. Um, you can get extra lives in this game besides the points. Uh, if you actually manage to jump on four enemies in a row or more, it can be more, uh, you do get an extra life. Um, usually every stage has some sort of setup when it comes to enemies you come across where you can pull that off and get an extra life for yourself uh, which is definitely needed in later stages uh, at the start yes. it's still pretty okay but uh, later on you do need those extra lives also throughout the stages there are some hidden platforms which you will probably jump into because you're trying to avoid an enemy uh, coming your way um, and those lead to a little bit of a bonus room where usually there's also an extra life but these are Harder to find and probably not really worth uh, having either. Um, yeah, not worth the hassle yeah. at all. So getting the ones from doing like the, the quadruple jump on enemies is probably your best bet if you can pull it off. Some cases it's really easy to do, some cases it's definitely not easy to do. Um, another thing we should mention is that there is a timer at the top right of the screen, but uh, it's actually not a timer. It's actually... A bonus so if you 
get to the end of the stage pretty fast to get more points, which can grant you extra lives. Um, but definitely do not worry that it is a timer that you will lose a life if you run out of it. It's literally just there for points because, um, yeah, these stages are short, but oh boy, are they tough. Yeah, and on top of that, it's one-hit kill. Yeah. No matter what. Like, if you ran into something, dead. So, uh, that's, that's probably what makes the game so difficult, especially in later stages. Um, but diving into the game, like, we start off with stage one, San Francisco. So, we're literally on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, one one is your very basic stage design like teaching you the basics of jumping bouncing on enemies like kind of what to expect you know and how to how the game actually controls um you can kind of set up a lot of combos throughout this stage where you can jump on various things just to get past the stage uh it, it's a it's a pretty simple stage mm -hmm. uh you shouldn't have much for troubles in this stage at all um yeah, I mean the only the only real danger in the stage is the is the plane that drops bombs kind of halfway right. through. But you just kinda of have to pay attention and know that the bombs drop in between the platforms and not on the platform that you need to be on. Once you understand that, then you're you're fine. Um one dash two is your auto first auto scrolling stage. You're flying in this stage, your car magically grew wings somehow. <laughs> um and you're just flying. You literally fly for like 20, 25 seconds. And you land on the next solid platform that you see. And that's the stage. Uh, but one caveat, when I first played this game, I thought I could hold down A to fly. Nah, no, nah, you got to mash A. You don't have to mash it crazy, but you do have to tap A to keep flying in the air. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty useless stage. Literally, you fly to the top of the stage and just hold right until you see a platform and then you land and then it, you're done. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the most easy flappy car uh, stage you can imagine. Old flappy car. Uh, then you get the tunnel. This is probably, this is the toughest stage of world mm. one. Um, this, this stage uh, initially isn't an issue until you get about halfway through. Uh, then you go into a tunnel, you're, you're in a tunnel and then halfway through this tunnel, you have spikes on the ceiling of the tunnel. Um, and whenever you bounce on a car, you know, to, to kill them, I guess, you bounce exceptionally high after you've taken out or after you've hit the top of a car or a cannon or a cannonball or anything you jump on top of, you're going to bounce higher on. And what makes this tough is that if you bounce on a car that's underneath the spikes, you're going to bounce right into the spikes and die. Yeah. And your dash is good, but it's, it, it doesn't propel you forward very fast very far it's just enough to propel you forward uh for like gaps and stuff like that so you really want to go into this and kind of like be prepared and plan your movement through here because some of the cars will jump at you as they get closer some move a little bit faster some take two hits some you can dash over some like you kind of just want to back up and, and wait but you can't back up too far because the screen does lock behind mm -hmm. you. You can't run backwards. So you do have to plan your movement a bit through here. Uh, one issue I have with this stage is that towards the end of the tunnel, you come across two cannons. If you are too close to the cannons, your car will actually bounce off of the cannon and launch you into the spikes without giving you a sound effect that you're bouncing on the cannon. Uh, <laughs> I died a lot in this stage because of that. And not knowing why, and then until I finally just like tested it, I'm like, oh, I'm bouncing off the cannon 
but the game isn't registering that I'm bouncing off the cannon type deal. Right. I'm like that's that's interesting to say the least. But once you added the tunnel, it's the, the stage is over, and you move on to the, to the first boss fight. Yeah, yeah. Especially this stage, if you think there actually is a timer, um, that might get you a little anxious because you don't get a lot of quote unquote time uh, to get through this tunnel. But yeah, it's it's just there to uh, provide you with a bonus if you go through it faster so you can definitely take your time in this stage and don't have to worry about uh, about those things or you can get like really really decent in the stage and um, make your way through it with uh, without stopping um, like backing off with a car is just like backing <laughs> with an actual car so you don't immediately start moving backwards it, it like takes some time to build up the momentum to do that so um, it does get a little bit tricky but here they are literally teaching you like you know sometimes just take it slow take your time so you can get through it and learn how to go backwards yeah the mo like in this like i like this game but my 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 biggest issue, my 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 biggest hurdle with this game was the momentum of the car. That was my my number one thing I needed to figure out in order mm. to progress through this game. So um, then we come across the narwhal, which is so here at the boss stage. You don't have to go through any stage at all. Like you just spawn right into the boss fight. Narwhal is pretty simple. Uh, you kind of just hold right, jump on top of its head. It's going to spew some water or fire or whatever it is out of its mouth. You want to hold left to get back away from it, and then once it's done spewing, rinse and repeat, basically, and you're done. Um, you can do a bit of a quote-unquote stun lock to it, yeah. where if you bounce on its head and go right a bit, and then as it as you're still in the air, when the fire or water comes back down and it goes back to normal mode, you can push left and go and hit off its head, and you can rinse and repeat that four times to take out the boss. Uh, there's a couple different strats to it, depending on how you... How brave you are, so to speak, for it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a it's a very easy boss. For sure. Um, yeah. Going into stage two, we're driving through Las Vegas this time around. Um, again, first stage is just your normal left to right stage. Um, <clears throat> they do get some new platforming things into it, like buildings with multiple floors. Um, enemies that are basically too high to just jump over, so you have to learn oh. how to bounce from other enemies into them. Um, in any case, this is still a pretty easy stage to get through. Uh, there, there's not much to it, you just learn how to uh, get rid of some of the newer enemies, like the bicycle guys and things like that, but uh, there's nothing too much difficult about this stage at all. The slot machines kind of suck. Um... Those are like that's probably like the third enemy you encounter in the first Las Vegas stage. Yeah, and if you don't have an enemy to bat, you can't jump on top of the slot machine because the slot machine's too tall. So what you have to do is you either have to dash under it when it hops up, or wait for the coin to get spit out and jump off of the coin mm -hmm. and onto the slot machine. It's kind of a pain. It is a little bit tricky yeah, if you don't realize how you need to do it because like. You would think that projectiles would kill you, um, but they don't. It's the same with the cannons, actually. Like, you can bounce on top of the things. Um, if they hit you in the face, you're dead, of course. But uh, you can literally bounce on anything in this game without getting hurt. Uh, well, at least well. when it's not spikes <laughs> or something like there you that. Go. <laughs> but yeah, Most, any enemy or projectile things. you can basically jump on top of. Yeah. 
yeah, so like two dash one is a uh, it's a pretty pretty basic stage, like Mo said. Uh, this really introduces you to the platforming of the game. Um, yeah, really, that's that's really about it. It's just an introduction to like, hey, here's the next next difficulty of the game, uh, Godspeed, and then oh god, two two. 2-2 was tough for me simply because of the momentum of the car. <laughs> um, it's not an auto-scroller, no. but if you if you know those up-and-down moving platforms at the end of like the Mario Underground stages, like the... the, the um, that's the word I'm thinking of. The, uh, the elevators? There we go. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. English is really hard. Uh, the elevators at the end, it's basically an entire stage of that. And then at the very end is a slot machine. So <laughs> you're like, oh, there's a slot machine at the end of the stage. If I die, I get to do this all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a pretty short stage, at least. Uh, yes. It's just another one of those precise platform jumping stages um, that you have to get through. Yeah, this one is teaching you about moving platforms and how to build up momentum on, like... Because there are very... They are very small, so it, it's like yeah. basically the size that your sprite is on, but you can move around a little bit. But these things teach you that like, oh, this is the amount of pixels I need to move before my car actually has the speed to uh, do the jump that I need to. And that's something that will come up in later stages. So again, it is teaching you, but it is uh, it is a little bit awkward the first time around for sure. Yep. And then we go into 2-3, so like what Mo said earlier, stage two, the even stages don't really have a boss fight per se to them, but they do have a bit of like a cameo in them or like yeah. some sort of bigger hurdles to come across. Um, so 2-3 is actually, in my opinion, pretty similar to stage 1-1, one, one, just <laughs> with more hills. Uh, towards the end-ish of the stage, you're going to come across Donkey Kong, basically. If you remember the old yeah. Donkey Kongs from like the arcade where he threw barrels and stuff like that. You basically come across that type of Donkey Kong. Uh, it's very, very easy to get through, jump over the barrel that he initially throws at you, and then you can just drive under him. He's going to throw two barrels to both sides, and then he can just continue driving. Uh, it's not a big deal at all, <laughs> but it is, kind of, it is kind of fun to see. Yeah, it's scary the first time you encounter it because you're like, oh, how am I ever going to get through this? But it is pretty simple, so... Yeah, and then, yeah, you're done with Las Vegas, and you get another cute little cutscene that takes you to Denver. <laughs> I don't know why you're going... I have my I have one issue with how they depicted Denver. When you go into Denver, it's all farmland. Yep. There, <laughs> there are farms in Denver. I'm not saying there's not. But Denver <laughs> is not known for its farms. <laughs> it is known for a snowy, mountainous, ski whatever it's known for resorts basically it's not known for farmland <laughs> i wonder uh, no i can't even say that because south park wasn't out when this game came out so nope. because like south park does that does that garbage too like oh look cows in the field that get taken away by UFOs. ufos yeah <laughs> i'm like uh, that's what stage three one is it's literally literally just like stage one one where the background is just a farm. You have these Cyclops motorcycles that no one's riding that are just all over the place. <laughs> the biggest danger is in the stage is at the end with two UFOs throwing a beam down trying to pick you up. And it's like, this is literally something out of South Park. And South Park wasn't even around yet. 
Um, but no, like uh, the Denver stage, like this is where it's like, okay, we've given you the tools, like now put them together. Three dash one is super super similar to one dash one, where there's some hills, you get bounced to some, you get introduced to new enemies, uh, some of which you'll never ever see again. Mm-hmm. And you just bounce on their heads and just continue through the stage as you would. Nothing really too dangerous in this until you get to the very end. You're going to see some UFOs. And your first instinct, you know, it might be just to drive through the beam. You can probably get out of the beam if you dash through it. No, if you get stuck in the beam, you're dead. So basically, you want to stop before the beam. Let the beam do its thing. Once the beam goes up, you kind of just want to drive underneath it. Uh, Think of like a crusher thing. Like if you're in a stage with a bunch of crushers. Like you have yeah. one crusher that comes down, another crusher that comes up. It's it, it it's kind of like that. You just kind of gotta wait it out. And then once you pass the two UFOs, you hit the end and you're done with it. So yeah, the game likes to throw very weird surprises at you. Like like first <laughs> it was it was Donkey Kong all of a sudden coming up. Now it's like hey here a UFO. Uh, you you the first time you play it, you never know how to react to those things, uh, which is actually very funny because you're like what is going on oh i'm dead and luckily yeah, yeah. usually it's during the first stage uh donkey kong is in the, in the third stage so you would have to go back to the first one if you game over but they always throw something in there that you are totally not expecting and you're gonna get killed by it you just there's no way around it you have to uh, get hurt by it before you know, like, oh, that's what they're trying to do here. Kind of like a Dark Souls game in that matter. Like, you have to have encountered it once before you even know what to do yeah. about it. So, um, I, I think they did that pretty well and in a funny way as well. Like, it, it's always something very silly that they throw at you. So, well, I think they did it well too because, like, the stages are short. Yeah. Like, they're not crazy long stages. Like, if they were super long stages and that happened, I'd be mad. <laughs> like, I, I would not be a happy camper. Uh, no, then we come across three... Yeah. And then we come across three, two, which is the flying cave. So this is the this is the real Flappy Bird level. Yeah. Uh, this level is hard. It might, this, this was the hardest level for me, by far. Um, I'm not good at Flappy Bird. And I refuse to get good at Flappy Bird, <laughs> but you're 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 car with wings again, and you're flying into a cave. Uh, and as you're flying through the cave, you have bats that are kind of flying at you. Uh, which, if you hit them in the top part of the hitbox, it's not a big deal; they just fall over. Uh, but all through the time, like you have spikes that are through the tunnel that you don't want to touch. You have, um, I don't know what they're technically called. I'm not a geologist but you have like these rock fragments from the top of the cave that come crashing down as well you have these random spear spikes that come probing out of the ground uh there's a lot to avoid in this stage and the like the flying mechanic isn't terrible but it's definitely another one of those momentum things where like you have to mash a to climb faster and but it's it's faster for you to drop than it is to climb go figure it's a car um so it, it does take a little bit to get used to. Like, I game over on this stage quite a bit just because it took me so long to understand the actual mechanics and physics yeah. of the of the flying car. Um, it, this, this is a tough stage. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there's one bat that you can, like, kind of get through, but what I do, I always back off and let it fly by because it's, like, right underneath the spike. So I don't know. 
if, if that's the intended way or not. I know I've gotten through it without doing that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember how I initially did. I think I backed off on it too. Yeah. I, I backed off on a lot of things. This game, <laughs> yeah. So. Which is okay once you realize there is no timer, of course. So. Right, yeah. Um, then you go into 3 3, which is just an, another normal stage. Fun fact on this stage, though, towards the very beginning of the stage, there's a hidden platform to go into one of those quote unquote bonus rooms to get a one up. Like, it's yeah. very early on in the stage. I came across it by accident. Yeah, I think um, there's also, if I remember correctly, but I've only found it once, because I'm never actually looking for them, but I think there's also an invincibility thing you can get in one of those things. So that's useful. Oh, so, wow. uh, But I don't remember which stage it was on, but I, it might be in the Denver world, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I came across this one completely by accident. I was about to jump over an enemy, and I bonked on a hidden platform, yeah, and I was yeah. like, what's this? And I'm like, oh, I'm in a bonus room now with a stop sign that says one up so um <laughs> which is ironic the stop sign means you don't want to touch it but it says one up on it it's like <laughs> yeah. is this a trick or <laughs> <laughs> it's my be. this is banishing racer <laughs> yeah, it's true yeah um but again the stage is exceptionally simple it's just like one dash one again uh then towards the end you come across <laughs> basically like a cliff edge like a mountain face uh, because, well, you're at Denver. And you get some falling rocks, basically, just dodge the falling rocks. Um, I didn't yeah. have any issues with the rocks at all. I just basically held right. Yeah, they're pretty simple. Or you can just use them to get a few extra one-ups, but because I do yeah. think they fall in pairs of... Well, pairs. <laughs> they fall with four of them every time, so... Yeah, and then you just get to the finish. Um... Then you come across, probably, in my opinion, the most annoying boss in the game, which is yeah. Bulldozer. This boss is... this. It's a good boss fight, but it mm. is annoying to do damage to him. Um, so the fight starts off with the, the, the Bulldozer lifting its front loader and throwing a rock at you. Throwing a rock at you. Um, you have to hit the Bulldozer on the top of the bulldo Bulldozer... You know, in order to do damage, just like you do in the entire game. Yeah. When you do damage to the bulldozer, the front loader lifts up over the bulldo bulldozer's head, and you can't do damage to the bulldozer anymore. You hear a bunch of tinky noises, and you're gonna hold left to get back off. You gotta rinse and repeat this a lot of times. The problem is, is that sometimes you get a little too close to the bulldozer when it's about to throw a rock, and you'll take it in the face, and <laughs> you'll die. Um. It's a pretty annoying fight. It's an easy fight once you get like the pattern and like the timing down, but it's a it's a pretty annoying fight in that like once you hit it, you kind of have to back off and wait a few seconds to let it ramp back up again. So, yeah, the timing is just very very important in this stage. Uh, well, in this boss fight, it's it's just yeah. You'll get a hang of it after a few times. The problem is if you reach this with your final life or something like that, it's like, oh, well, that that's lasted for five seconds. So, yeah, you have to get used to it for sure. But it's not a hard fight. It's actually a very well-thought-out fight. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. You, you do need to get that timing down perfectly to be able to hit him. Yeah, it's it's not a tough fight. It's just uh, it's a it's a very precise fight yeah. and it's, it's just a bit annoying because the car momentum like, like we've mentioned before is is like a car like you had to understand that there's some ramp up time to get the car 
moving in a, in a direction, mm-hmm. even with your nitrous boost. Like there's a ramp up time, and if you're not, if you haven't figured out the timing of that ramp up time, chances are you're going to die and probably game over on this boss yeah. fight. Yeah, then yeah, that that takes us to the the next world though, uh, which is Detroit, which and on the map is in Wisconsin, <laughs> by right. the way. <laughs> yeah, Detroit's and... in Michigan for you European people. <laughs> well, whatever. I, I don't think <laughs> anybody looks at that map, anyways. Uh, but yeah, we're in Detroit, and of course, the first thing you uh, think about when hearing Detroit is. Uh, a lake or a river that's that's the very first thing you're gonna think about so of course this starts with i guess a lakeside or a riverside stage like i don't well, know what else to call it <laughs> so okay i japan probably didn't know this but they actually did a really good job depicting it so in america we have the we call we call this we call like the sandy size of lakes beaches all right. At least we do in the Midwest because we're so far away from the ocean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that we call this, we call like the size of a lake, like a beach. And uh, so, like when we say like we're going to the beach here in Minnesota, that means we're go- we're going to the lake and we're gonna lay on lay on the right. lay on like the, the the crappy sand by the lake. So the first stage of Detroit is yeah is basically lakeside of Lake Michigan probably. Yeah. Um. Which is the Great Lake between Wisconsin and Michigan, I, I believe. I don't know my Great Lakes placement that well anymore. Um, but yeah, no, they actually did a pretty good job depicting this, even if they didn't know that's how we actually talk about <laughs> things in the Midwest. Yeah, it might just be by accident, because uh, every game needs their water stages, so um, oh, even this one true. does. Um, yeah, the, the first stage, again, we're just going to a normal left-to-right stage, uh, but... Here, things do get uh, pretty rough. Um, not only are there birds that are dropping eggs, uh, at least I hope they're eggs, um, or rocks. <laughs> could be rocks, could also be like that rocks. other thing, but uh, let's let's pretend it's not. Uh, but these are kind of hard to avoid, especially because you have to do some precise platforming to get through them. So <clears throat> that's the start of this stage, which is, yeah, it's kind of rough if you're not used to the platforming uh, yet uh, but then we come across the second part of the stage which uh, has some moving platforms over the water um, which you have to get on and dodge fish that jump out of the lake uh, while you're at it so that's a very very tough section which i died on constantly like i think for me um, this might be the hardest stage to do um, like it's hard to explain, like, there are harder stages later on for different reasons, uh, but this one takes a lot of precision uh, inputs and uh, precise platforming, so, um, yeah, this is this is definitely where it starts. Um, luckily, the end is not that bad, but then we have the, uh, the tide coming in, uh, which uh, gets some of the platforms in the water, so you have to get on the highest platform as fast as possible, or else you will drown. Yeah, cars are not known for their underwater tactics. At least we thought that, in a way. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the, they don't this, have this, great buoyancy, so... <laughs> that's true. But uh, this stage is pretty long. This is probably the longest stage in the game, I yeah. think. Um, it's... Well, it's, a, it's second last, yeah. Yeah, 
it, it it might feel like the longest just because of how much stuff is thrown at you. And um, how much you have to wait. So waiting yeah. is never fun. Waiting is never fun, no. Uh, but no, this is a, this is a hard, very hard stage. Um, pelicans, boulders, and fish and water. And water, yeah. Are your are your enemies in this stage. Um then the next stage we have is you no game is complete unless you have an underwater stage. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a swimming stage in a video game from 1985 to present day. You have to have some sort of swimming in a video game. Um I will say that it's pretty cute that your car gets a snorkel though. Yeah. Like it is kind of adorable. Yeah, and the underwater effect is also uh, very well done, and it shows up in a few different games that came out after this, but I think this yep. is the first one that actually uh, used this. Like, it's the kind of waveform that goes from the bottom to the top uh, to make it look like you're underwater. Like, Hammering Harry, which we talked about uh, last episode, has the same effect uh, during the underwater stage. Uh, I think it adds a lot, and it looks pretty good on Game Boy, actually, so... Yeah, it, it does add a lot, and it, it gives it a nice, like, depth to it. My one problem with Waveform, and I had it's not just an issue with Banishing Racer, it's an issue wherever Waveform is used, is that it can mess up your, your depth perception a little bit on mm-hmm. things. So, like, when this Waveform is going over spikes, it might look like the spikes are further or closer yeah, yeah, to yeah. you than, than they appear. Um, that's my, my only, that's my only issue with the waveform is just the perspective of what they, where things actually are. But I, I do like the, I, I do like that it does do that though. I, I think it is, a, it is a nice feature to have in an underwater stage. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the stage is your, it's Flappy Bird underwater. Uh, yeah. it's just like the, it's just like the flying parts again. Uh, you're, you're underwater. Uh, you gotta press, you know, tap A to swim up or let go of A to swim down. Uh, you got some fish and spikes and you got, you got things to avoid. You know, it's a pretty short stage once you get to the end. Uh, your car looks adorable with a little snorkel on the front of it. Um, yeah, the only, the only, like I said, the only hard part is like is the wave mo- is the wave motion in front. And honestly, if you just if you have a little bit of patience, it'll be just fine. Yeah, pretty easy stage uh, for sure. Which uh, is not what the next stage is. <laughs> no, no, it <laughs> uh, so, is not. Yeah, when I think of Detroit, the first thing I think of is factories. So, like, yes. So, car of fact- course, we have. Factories. Yeah, especially car factories. So, yeah, and this stage is, of course, the factory stage. Um, it might look simple, but it's not because, again, they like to throw something at you that you didn't expect that it was coming the first time around. So um, this stage features a thing called uh, lasers, and <laughs> the, these are the only projectiles in the game you cannot jump on. So uh, <laughs> those are fun, uh, especially if you're trying to avoid an enemy and you think, oh, I'll just jump over it, and suddenly you get shot by a laser in your face. Um, this is a very tough stage, not only because of that, there are also some of those uh, conveyor belts with uh, the crushers on it that you have to avoid, which you don't have a lot of time for to do that and not a lot of room to maneuver in either. And there are some very, very choice jumps in this stage. Um, There's definitely one or two jumps that you do that you think like, I should make this perfectly. And then your car just hits a wall and drops down into a pit. So... um, 
yeah, this is a tough stage and coming from the lake stage before this and well, the underwater was, was a little thing to cool off maybe, but um, you might only have one life going into this stage. So uh, yeah, you might have to replay the entirety of Detroit a lot of times. And the bad part about it is the factory stage is pretty short, like just like all the other stages, of course, but you always have to go through that very, very slow lake stage again to get back to uh, the factory. Yeah. So Plus the underwater stage actually even though it is the same as the other flying stages, because it's underwater, it's also slower. So, um, yeah, you have two very slow yeah. stages before this, and then you get a really tough one. You might not have enough lives to do this. Um, so you might end up game overing quite a bit on this. The good thing about this stage, at the start, you can grab a one-up with doing like the four bounces, but it's a very tight spot to do it in. So you really need to know what you're doing to... Uh, always get that one up like i fail it constantly so i don't even bother anymore so yeah i uh this is where my banishing racer uh tenure ended the first <laughs> time i ever played i ever played this game i got i i probably spent like two hours in detroit and i couldn't get past factory um this stage is exceptionally exceptionally difficult um there's a lot of times where like the background looks like platforms that you can land on as mm -hmm. well too, mm -hmm. and you'll think I'm gonna land on this platform and then you fall to your death. There are other times where it looks like platforms are in the background and you can't jump on them, and then you end up jumping on them in a way and realize that they're platforms that you can land <laughs> on. Um, the game is a little deceiving in that, and at the very end. So the laser cannons you can jump on top of and sit on. They're like a platform, but they'll shoot lasers on both sides. Yeah. And these lasers are thick. Like These are big laser beams. Um, and towards the end of the stage, you can jump off of a laser into the final stage. However, a laser is shot off screen. And if you don't know that, which you won't the first time you're through <laughs> it, you are going to die by a laser coming off screen because you don't have time to react and you can't control your car in midair. Yeah. So there's your warning for that stage. Uh, there is a laser at the end of it. Be careful. Yeah. I have died to it many times. <laughs> for sure. And this is definitely the world a lot of people, just casual players, are going to zone out on it. Like, this is where the actual difficulty of the game shines through, uh, even to the point of frustration. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if you're not very patient with a game like this, if you really want just to have an easy time, this is not going to be for you, because it takes a lot of practice to, uh, to just get through yep. this. Like, yeah, you will game over constantly during, uh, during this world. Yeah, yes you will. But if you're good enough to get through Factory, you enter the final world, which is New York. And this is my favorite world in the game. It's, it's, it's tough as nails, but this is my favorite world in the game. Because the music is banging. The background is super well done. Everything about this world is amazing. This is the best world in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it has some cool things about it, for sure, yeah. But uh, so, five one. You're in the streets, and the and the background is so good. It's a backdrop of New York City. Like there's a there's a cityscape background. Mm -hmm. The coloring of it is per everything is about it is very well done. 
Um, but basically, we're back to the stage one enemies where we have the semi-trucks, the vans, and the, and the jumpy cars. Uh, this time around, we have springing Pac-Men that are trying <laughs> yeah. to eat you. Uh, they kind of suck because they're tall, but you can kind of just dash underneath of them, or you can bounce off an enemy and bounce off of them. Uh, pretty basic stage. Again, one of those hold right and kill or dodge enemies, however you decide to play the game. And, yeah, that's really about it. 5-1 is a pretty basic stage. It's a pretty short stage, just like all the other ones. Mm -hmm. uh, your, big, your biggest threat is the Pac-Man jumping around, so... Yeah, they're but, they're weird. Like they have a weird pattern to them, but yeah, yeah. You, you can get through them pretty easily. Um, then we have the subway, which is my least favorite stage of this world. <laughs> oh, it's the best stage ever! Oh yeah, yeah, especially when the train is coming. Yeah, I love this stage. So, do you? <laughs> I really like, do. Really? Oh yeah. God. You could talk about it then. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah, we're in New York, so of course we have to take the subway. And if New York and subways are known for one... Well, see, that doesn't make sense to you. But <laughs> if you go underground in New York, there's only one thing you can encounter. Like, an entire army of uh, Michelangelo's. Like, of course. There's so many. So, so many, many Michelangelo's. It's unbelievable. I don't know what Shredder did to make copies of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you... Come across a new enemy here, which is a Ninja Turtle. Like, it's literally Michelangelo. And if you love the sprite work they did on uh, Follow the Foot Clan, think of that, but even worse. So, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the most simple turtle you can have, and they all have nunchucks. So, it is Michelangelo. Uh, but yeah, this is a very weird stage, uh, as it starts in a very tight section where you kind of have to wait for cars to come by. And then you get into the actual subway tunnel, which is just a huge place with with nothing to jump on or anything but turtles will jump from you constantly um which makes it very hard to do the stage uh, initially because you have no idea what's happening and it's really hard to dodge all these enemies but the good thing is there are so many enemies that you can just keep being in the air and rack up one-ups over and over and over and over again even if you die you will have gotten three or four one-ups um so that's pretty cool like they give you a chance to actually get some extra lives for once uh, because there are still stages after this of course uh, but yeah once you go a little bit into the tunnel suddenly a train starts pulling up so you have to get on the terrain in time and then have to fight off turtles on top of the terrain uh, which takes some finesse actually you can't just really <laughs> jump into them you have to know what you're doing or you're gonna get hit um, but yeah this pattern repeats I think three times and then you get uh, back to the to the boarding platform i guess it is with a few more cars and then you just uh leave the subway which by the way when you're on the train there is zero room between you and the ceiling yeah it's really hard <laughs> it is, yeah it is the pits um i i don't i don't like that stage <laughs> at all it's it's like it, it's funny like it's the funny, first couple yeah. times you're you're going through it, it's kind of comical just because there's so many cartwheeling michelangelo's coming at you like it's kind of comical but then after like the 15th time trying to get through the stage and you oh, realize yeah. that like i don't have room to jump on top of the turtles with the train then you get a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah the good thing is you get so many extra lives you at least will not yeah. game over um and those lives will be useful for the next stage but 
I usually get stuck in this stage for like 15 minutes as well or something because oh. it's it's so precise what you have to do. There is a pattern to it uh, that you can exploit, but it is it's very hard to do for sure. Then we go into your final auto-scroller. Yeah. The auto-scroller mace. So thank God you have those extra lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to talk about the stage. So, like, you have it's an auto scroller, auto scroller maze. Uh, it, it's very much designed kind of after five one. Um, it's one of those you're gonna go through it a few times before you need before you know where you actually have to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, think of think of like Kirby's Dreamland two towards the end of the game where you're in that water current and if you take the wrong path you hit a dead end and die it's kind of like that yeah it's uh it's a very scary stage for sure because you feel like you're almost at the end of the game and then they throw something uh like this at you and this is the other stage that in my opinion the hardest but because of different reasons just because uh you do have a lot of enemies to take down as well. Uh, if you're not fast enough, you will get stuck and get squished, which is not fun at all. Um, and there are some very hard backwards jumps you have to do, um, which are kind of hard if you don't know by this point how your sprite actually extends, like your, your box actually, um, because you do have to do those jumps backwards and you still have to hit an enemy meanwhile and it, it, it's kind of awkward um and it may look weird because there's a timer going on but like we explained before <laughs> it's not an actual timer uh but this is where i noticed that because i got to the end of the stage which is an auto scroller so it's always at the same time but my timer had to run out and i was like what this doesn't make sense and then i realized it's not an actual timer so uh, but yeah, I do not like this stage at all. I think it's the worst part of the entire game, to be honest. Agreed, hundred percent agreed. Um, yeah, not a not a good time. But then, but once you get through it, you go into the monkey tank, or you face <laughs> off against the monkey tank. Yeah, because... where? How did they come up with this? I have <laughs> no idea. I will say it's a pretty unique boss fight. Yeah. Like it's a simple boss fight, but it's pretty unique boss. Um. This is the final boss of the game, and it's only weak when its guns are out. And I say guns because there are multiple of yeah. them. So, like when you when you think of final boss, you, you you all probably think big, giant, huge tank coming from the side of the screen. This thing is fourteen times the size of your little car. Nah, um, <laughs> this thing is think of think of the tank from Tracks and mm -hmm. basically put that onto the screen. Uh, it has one gun to start. And when it shoots, it's going to shoot a little missile out, bounce off the missile on top of the tank, and the tank is going to turn into an X, basically. And then you're going to hear a lot of tinking noises. You can't do additional damage to the tank. And what's going to happen is that the tank is going to charge at you, and you have to jump over the tank. Now it's going to come from the left side. Now it has two guns. You're going to have to jump. You can either do the climb where you jump on each missile, or you can jump off one of the missiles over the other one and hit the top of the tank, rinse and repeat. Once you've done two hits to this tank, it's going to turn into a monkey. That's right. The the tank the tank transforms into a monkey, which has three guns associated with it. Yeah. And you will need to do a jump climb to get to the top of this monkey. 
Um, you will have to bounce off all three missiles to get to the top. But after you've done four total hits to this tank, the tank explodes and you've beaten the game. Yeah, that's definitely pretty much it. Uh, one thing to notice about this boss is that um, you do not want him to be on the left side. Because if you no. have to do those uh, stepping stone jumps as, as or stair jumps or whatever you want to call them on the missiles... It's really hard to do backwards, so um, you can trick him into coming after you again, so he goes back to the right side if you stand close enough to him. Um, so that's a little trick if you are having any issues with that. You can just make him go back to the right, which makes it a lot easier to jump on those missiles. Having done, having done the fight and actually have killed the boss on the left side... I can't agree with most what was said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is it is hard possible, to do but it, it's backwards. not so much. Like you can make it a lot easier on yourself. So. Yes, yes, you can. I like to do things the hard way. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but one thing to mention before we get uh, into the more detaily pieces is the sprite work in this game and the music in this game, in my opinion, is phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, for it being a, a 1991 game uh, by Jalico is the the sprite work is phenomenal it's a very simplistic take of a platformer like there's not a ton of intricate details throughout the game like even like the initial cutscenes are pretty simplistic but everything is very adorable it's very japanese like the sprite work is phenomenally done uh and the, the soundtrack is exceptionally good there's maybe only a couple little things that might kind of like tweak you a little bit but for the mm -hmm. most part the the every the entire audio of the game is phenomenal. Yeah, it's just a, it's a very hard game, but I think it's really worth your trouble checking this out just to uh, enjoy the tunes and 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 see everything that it has to offer because it's uh yeah it's just fun it's a fun game but it's hard so um but don't it's expect this game to take you like five hours or anything like i mean no. it's still a game boy game so you can probably get through it in like an hour and a half two hours stops uh but it will take some practice but it has a limited continue so why not yeah my my return to the game will hit more of this in the history it took me like i don't know three and a half hours to beat so. yeah but uh the cover art of this game is actually kind of comical uh because I don't think I ever see the car actually angry in the game. No, um, no. So the the cover of this game, it's remember, it's a Japanese-only video game, so it's going to be a fairly anime cartoon-style cover. Um, in the foreground, it says Vanishing or Banishing Racer, whatever it may be, mm. in nice, bold, yellow kanji font. Uh, kanji symbols? Symbols, yeah. Um, and then we have... The car, the the actual protagonist, the actual person that we play, the person, the thing that we play <laughs> as, uh, um, and it's a it's a green green looks like Volkswagen. Actually, no, it looks like a Subaru 360, um, with chromed out, and it looks it looks mad. Like it looks it, I, it looks mad. very upset. Even though when you're playing the game, it has a smile on. It. Yeah, so he's always very happy. Uh, it's very happy in the game, but very upset on the cover. Not very photogenic at all. And then in the background, we got this bird with some Blastoise guns on his shoulder. Yeah, so uh, is it supposed to be a duck tank and not a monkey tank? Like it, I don't know. Now I'm now I'm wondering because it it does look like a monkey in the game. 
That's it does look like a monkey in the game, but it very much looks like a bird Blastoise on the cover. Yeah, so I'm just pulling up my own playthrough just to pause it on this spread because I never have time to look at the actual sprites while playing oh, just, this game. But I just closed mine. Um, stupid commercial. Uh, and then, so I'll just keep talking about it. So, and, the, and then more in the background, we have a, a B-52 bomber dropping bombs over <laughs> yeah. the Statue of Liberty. So I guess we're in New York, but the foreground of the road looks like we're in the desert, so we're in Las Vegas. It's very confusing <laughs> <laughs> geographic where we're at. But, um, yeah, looking at my playthrough again here, there's the tank. Yeah, oh, that's right. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Oh, I just beat the game. One second. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem I have. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah, it's a. a it, well. It, um, <laughs> it could be a bird. It could be a bird, yeah. It could be a bird. It could. It's so hard. Yeah. So, like, to describe it to you all, the head is has a gun on top of it. So, it looks like it's just a flathead with a gun, and then underneath that is, is big old eyes. And underneath, underneath of that. According to the cover art, is a beak. Yeah. But if you ever looked at a side profile of a monkey, you know that the monkey like jaw portion of the face kind of extends out a little bit, and has a nostril. It look and and the ears like the rotator for the gun. Yeah, looks it looks like, like ears monkey ears on the ears, side. Yeah. So it looks like an actual monkey head. Um, that's why we call it monkey tank. But on the cover art, it is very much a bird. Yeah. Um. The world may never know. <laughs> Unless we get a Game Boy Color version. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> funny you say that, because there is a spiritual successor, kind of, sort of, of this game, um, called uh, Tri-Rush Tri Depi on the Sega Saturn. Okay. Uh, it, was com it was developed by a completely different company called Supply Entech. Uh, but it does. It, it it is a 2D platforming game starring a car traveling across the United States. Oh. However, this game is crazy expensive, <laughs> just like this one. And for those of you that want to cheat in a video game because it's you know <laughs> new 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 age and we don't like to try sometimes, uh, there is a hidden level select in Banishing Racer. Uh, at the title screen, if you hold down. If you hold down and press A A plus B, uh, if you do it 14 times, you're gonna hear, yeah up to 14 times. You're gonna hear a sound uh, each time you hear. Every time you press A plus B together, and then you're gonna press start. And then however many times that you tapped it, you're gonna go to that stage. If you actually tap A plus B 15 times and hit start, you're gonna go to the credits. Yeah, um, so I read so. this in the notes earlier today because I was going to check out uh, the fan translation to get to the end to see what it said. And then I saw this and I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to replay the entire game just to see the credits. Uh, but one thing to note with this cheat code, um, there is the intro cutscene that starts playing. So you have to be quite yes. fast to actually press it 14 times or otherwise uh, it won't take. Uh, so, yeah, keep yeah. that in mind if you do want to try it out that way but if you want to see the final boss for yourself you can do it 14 times yeah. and debate whether or not it's a monkey or a bird with yeah. us it's, so. it's the same We're, old debate as in super mario land 2 where we all know it's a mechanical duck but some people think it's it's like a tin i don't or something like i, I don't understand how people yeah, think it's a soldier it is clearly weird. a duck they are weird it's it's definitely it a is. duck and this is definitely a monkey so 
So it is clearly a duck in Super Mario Land 2, <laughs> and everyone who thinks otherwise, their opinion is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> general reception of the game, it was actually very hard to find yeah. any reception of this game. I did find one. Uh, the game received a score of 28 out of 40. I don't know who's doing this type of scoring. In Famitsu, Famitsu Magazine, I'm not familiar with Famitsu uh, I, at all. That's basically the Japanese Nintendo Power. Like, that's what I kind of yeah. figured, yeah. Um, so that was literally the only thing I could find in terms of reception. So it, it seems like it scored above average. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah. Not bad. <laughs> there's the reception. I enjoyed the game, yeah. even though I got frustrated with it. Uh, most people I talk to enjoy the game, even though they get frustrated mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is a tough game. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, so yeah. When we come back, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. When we come back, uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the history, our history with the game, our thoughts of the game, and of course the little speed running section because there's always a speed run for a video game. Stay tuned. everybody so we're gonna, i'm gonna start with with mo since you are technically host one even though <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're even though you're host one i've done a lot of talking so we're gonna start with you what is your thoughts and history of this game <clears throat> yeah so i have no recollection of how i came across this game um i might just have been checking out some random japanese games or something like that Um, But I did immediately like this game when I played it. Um, It did take me quite a long time to get through it, for sure. Uh, Because of the difficulty, I might have gotten frustrated frustrated a lot of times. But um, yeah, I I just liked it Um, when I beat the game. I was really happy that I got through the game and that I uh, found out about this thing. And apparently a lot of people already knew this game, which is sometimes weird when it comes to these Japanese-only Game Boy games. Um, but this one was already well known in the community for some reason, and the speedruns of it even existed uh, way back then as well. So um, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this game. I think it's cute. I think uh, the music is great because I have been humming the the song the entire day actually because I knew we were recording this podcast. So <laughs> it's it's easy to just remember how the songs of. Of the game go um, and I'm also one of the happy few people that actually has a copy of the game um, for an okayish price like maybe it was 60 or something 60 dollars instead of 300 so um, that's a steal yeah, right now so I'm, I'm really glad I do have an actual uh, copy of this game yeah I'd love a copy of this game but hell if I'm gonna pay 300 dollars for a <laughs> yeah. copy of it <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to find either. Like, there's almost no, no listing, listings of this ever on eBay. So, well, what I'd really want is a complete box copy. Of this <clears> yeah, game. because because I really want the manual for this game. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's cheaper in Japan. Like maybe if someone went to Japan, mm-hmm. maybe it's cheaper there. Maybe I don't know. You know, I have no idea. Just looking at eBay quick, there is. Well, this is interesting. Uh, <laughs> eBay is so weird. So I got typed in Banishing Racer Game Boy, and they gave me some Banishing Racer results. And then as I scroll down, I got into like women's clothing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, so like. The cheapest card I can see without doing much, much uh, detective work on it is 120 bucks. Yeah. Um, but the typical going price is two, 200 to 300 dollars. And mind you, with COVID 19 happening right now, like free shipping is not really a thing anymore <laughs> from <laughs> Japan. Uh, shipping now from Japan is anywhere between five to twenty dollars. Um, so you can. Thank the pandemic for that. If you're if you're in the states, um, for me, I briefly played this once upon a time for Game Boy Adventure, like back in 2016, I think it was, and I liked it, but I wasn't ready to tackle it yet. Right. Like I got to like World Three, I think it was, and I game overed, and I was just like, eh. Like I'm gonna return to the game. I enjoyed it, but I'm not ready to really tackle this game yet because I knew it was going to be hard. Just from the the pure progression that I had in the game, I knew the game was going to get harder. Yeah. Um, and then we had it in a tiny ten. Yes. Where we where we had complete. I think it was just complete world one, right? Mm, or up I to think world three, three, actually. Yeah. Was it three? Yeah. yeah. And then we had it in a tiny ten, and I played it as a showcase on my stream. And, again, I only got to World 3. I only did what the goal was for Banishing Racer. And probably within the last year, I actually sat down and played and beat the game. Uh, and, like I said, it took me, like, three and a half-ish hours mm-hmm. to, to beat the game. Uh, my, my, it, my, my biggest, biggest issue in this game is the momentum. Uh, the, the, it, the controls are stiff because it, it's a momentum-based game. Um, so everything feels super stiff, at least to me they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the the momentum timing was very, very hard for me to get used to. On top of that, the hitboxes were atrociously inconsistent. Uh, you could hit a truck on a corner one time and then hit him in the same corner again and die. Uh, the hitboxes were quite weird for me in the game. But uh, outside of that, it, it is tough, but it's actually pretty satisfying once you once you complete it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said at the start, like it really feels like you're controlling a car. So it's it's yeah. it's supposed to be like that. It's not like in uh, a mistake right. they made yeah. or anything like that. They actually did this on purpose. Um, but yeah, the hitboxes sometimes are a little bit weird. I think it has a lot to do with your speed. Um, because sometimes when you're doing like one of the nitro boosts to do a jump, you do hit the enemy and other times you don't if you do a normal jump. So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe your hitbox is a little bit different when you're uh, in the progress of doing one of those boosts. So um, it does take some time to get to used to that for sure. Yeah, but outside of that, I think the level design was actually very, very well done through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the parts that were tough and had tight jumps, I thought the level design just through and through was pretty well done, with the exception of the final auto-scroller. I did not like the final auto-scroller either. I don't like auto-scrollers where I can get stuck and die. I, I think those are just the absolute pits. Yeah. Um, 
the sprite work I thought was absolutely phenomenal, especially for a game that came out in 1991. And I thought the audio was just 10 out of 10 for such an early for for a pretty early release game. Um, like like this is something I kind of would have expect midway through the Game Boy life cycle, but the fact that it happened in 1991, two years, three years after the Game Boy release, like I thought it was very 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 ambitious and well done. Um, it's not a long game by any means, just because typically Game Boy games aren't super mm-hmm, super mm-hmm. long, especially the earlier ones. Um, but they did pack in a lot of a lot of simplistic detail, if that makes sense, uh, into into the game. Yeah, which I was uh, I was pretty happy about. Yeah, I think that a lot of people will not play through it just because of the difficulty, uh, and maybe it would have been a quote unquote better game if they added more stages, but more simple stages, like make it a little bit easier. But I don't know. Like I, I think it's very well worth trying to play through because it is satisfying if you beat it. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very satisfying game to beat. Think of like if you've ever played like a really hard game. I'm gonna throw Dark Souls. I hate Dark Souls. But I'm gonna throw <laughs> Dark Souls out there because I see a lot of people so happy after they beat beat a boss in Dark Souls. Yeah. Like you know, you watch you know you know you play Dark Souls and you're on this boss for an hour. And you're getting frustrated and you finally beat the boss and you're so happy. You're like yeah, I just beat gargoyles or whatever the boss that you were on like you're so happy like that satisfaction right there that you're feeling after defeating that tough boss that you spent hours on that's the feeling that i had after beating this game yeah Uh, it was very satisfying yeah and not a lot of uh game boy games do that this well because there are a lot of tough ones out there like we talked about hammering harry before that one did it well as well um because they offer you those unlimited continues and things like that. So they do give you that drive to keep on going. But there are a lot of very tough Game Boy games that are just like you have three lives and that's it. So um, Which doesn't make it a lot of fun to, to keep on trying it unless it's a really good game. Um, but yeah. Looking, looking at you, Batman animated series. <laughs> yeah, like that one. For, for sure. Like That's one of the best games on Game Boy, but... Ah, oh, three Damn, lives. Is it three hard. lives. Damn, is it, so is it hard? <laughs> no continues. Three lives. Yeah, and that's long a, game. And that's a normal mode already. So oh. <laughs> there is a hard mode. Even I don't need. I don't want to know what that is. Like I'm never gonna. I touch don't. That. I don't ever want to play the yeah. game again. As good as it was, I don't ever want to <laughs> touch the game again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, speedrunning segment. So there is a bit of a speedrunning. I'm not gonna say cult, but grouping for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Fokun, Fokun, Fokun? I don't know. I'm gonna say, I don't know. Fokun, Fokun, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, they had the world record in this game with 14 minutes to one second. Um, a while a while ago, uh, we have a few active members in the Game Boy community. Um, Terrific Tracy, who is in second place right now with the yeah. 15 minute time. Um, definitely have put some time into the game and learned learned the ropes of the game as well. Uh, it it is if you're looking for a, a pretty challenging, but it, it's it's a, not a glitch. It's there's no not that I know of in a way no. glitches in the speedrun. But if you're looking for a pretty challenging and technical speedrun on the Game Boy, that's kind of short. This is it right here. Like this is your this is your technical challenge on Game Boy. Uh, it's it's a lot of precision precision jumping precision timing for everything. So yeah, it's it's still a little bit easier than the Super Mario Land one uh, speed run because that one is 
crazy technical, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is a good step up towards uh, a goal like that or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to take another quick break, or do you want to dive right into? No, nah, we can go on for sure. All right, we're gonna dive right into the nonsense. Uh, community, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't put any community events in our notes. Um, try, when this comes out, Midwest Speed Fest, I think will will be a thing. I don't know the dates. Like it, God, marathons are so <laughs> crazy. Right? Yeah. They're so uh, they're everywhere right now. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of them all because of COVID. Yeah, you can um, just listen to our previous episodes where yeah. we had like an entire list from August till the end of September or something. So something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. So if you're you're looking for some like this, things, you can definitely find them there. Yeah, like the weekend that record that we're recording this right now, like SGDQ is happening. Yeah. So, um. And then, yeah, Midwest Speed Fest, I think, is the weekend when this thing comes out. But, yeah, just go listen to the previous episode. I think it was Hammer and Harry. Yeah. Um, I, I laid out a ton of community events coming up, so uh, just go just go scrub through that. Actually, just listen to it because I want more listens on that episode. <laughs> uh, just start start from finish. Just Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listener questions. Yeah. Oh, this, this, this is you. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely me. Yeah, we have one listener question uh, from... And I... Look, he's Spanish, uh, but I'm not very familiar with Spanish language, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but uh, we just call him Ariel. So, <laughs> but it, it's... Uh, I'm not even going to try it. It's, it's just from Ariel. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know it. I don't know. Spanish, or, or, or I don't know. See, I, I already butchered it. So whatever. But Ariel asked uh, one question, what do cars eat? Uh, well, they eat mostly greasy food. <sighs> <laughs> what what kind of answer would you expect from me? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's that's the only question well, we had. Well, legs asks, "How in the world do I beat this game?" Well, <laughs> I will tell you. You uh, you put the game into a Super Game Boy Two or a Game Boy Player. You grab your controller. Uh, you hold right, and you press A to jump. Sometimes you want to press B to dash over things, and uh, you just do it. You you go through the five stages or the fifteen, fourteen levels, however many that you can I, I can think of, and you you just do it. That's how that's how you beat the game. Yeah, and you get angry a few times here and there, <laughs> and you game over a lot, but you can beat it. I will sure. say that I, I did not break a controller during my play. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't too bad. Not that level of frustration. Not uh, Wario's Not Castle. Mario Land 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That stupid game. <laughs> Poor Mario Land. What a dumb game. <laughs> I, I speaking of Mario Land too, so I we you know there's been a lot of lot of buzz with Super Mario Land two lately mm-hmm. uh, with Darby and and I love Mario. Uh, I, there's someone else now too that Adam, I can't remember their name. Adam Ferrari. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh dear. Like there's been a lot of buzz with Super Mario Land two right now on Game Boy. So I was like, I'm gonna hop on the buzz, and I I did a I did a I had an initial time of like 45 minutes, and I was like, well, that was good enough. So I'm like, I'm gonna do another speed run, quote unquote speed run of Super Mario Land 2, <laughs> and uh, I submitted a time of like 38 minutes this time around, so a, a decent PB. All right. 
but my video was so awful because <laughs> this was when I didn't have any retro stuff hooked up yet. So I like haphazardly like hooked up my Super Nintendo and everything to get this going. Right. And my audio and video desync was so bad by the end <laughs> of the video that like I killed Wario. And like a minute later, you heard the Wario death sequence. Wow. <laughs> It was atrociously bad, and they approved it. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so if you go to speedrun.com and go to the Super Mario Land 2 board and find my run, you can, if you watch it from start to finish, you can hear the audio desync just worse, get worse, worse, <laughs> and worse. And I can hear it while I'm playing it, and I'm laughing about it while I'm running oh, the game. Boy. <laughs> And they approved it. It's so good that they approved it. Well, the, well, <laughs> the video is all right, I guess. So, just the I audio. mean, it's a legit run. Yeah. It's just super. It's a, like the quality is bad of the video itself. <laughs> There's huge audio desync and clipping. It's just it's awful. It's the worst retro crack capture I have ever done, and I wouldn't have it any other way for that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy oh we don't even know what's the what's the next we don't, we're not that far yet but what's the next game going to be the, uh, now it's your choice because I picked Banishing what? Racer oh my god oh yeah you did choose Banishing how did I become the intro person for Banishing Racer uh, I don't, because I did the last one so that's just how it goes but I, cho I chose the last game yeah I don't know I've... that's Whatever doesn't something really matter. something got messed up. <laughs> this is all this is all legs' fault in a way. So yeah, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much uh, all we have to say for this time. Um, like always, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, you can uh, contact us through various uh, sources. Um, you can just use SoundCloud if you're listening through that, or you can join us in our Discord, or you can. Of course, contact uh, any of us personally if you really want to. We all have uh, our channels and social media thingies where you can find us. Um, mine, for instance, uh, you can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube, all with slash Mula, which is uh, spelled M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. And like I said last time, I also have an Instagram account somehow, uh, but I don't really do much with that, so... Um, but I think that's also the same uh, URL, probably. So you can find me through those things. Um, you can find our lovely producer, Lex, uh, on uh, Discord as Lex, on YouTube as Lex, on Twitch as Sprinting Lex. And she also has her own website with various other Game Boy related projects. Uh, and then you can find that on www. Yeah. I did it. I'm from the 90s now. I did www.sprintinglegs.com. Uh, so that's where you can find her. And where can they find you, Baltic? Well, I mean, you can find me all over the place. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter uh, at Belthic Gaming. Uh, TikTok oh, and Instagram at Belthic Gaming. Although I don't post very much stuff to my, my Belthic Instagram. Uh, TikTok is Belthic. If you actually hop on TikTok and look up my stuff, you can actually watch a lot of videos of me doing drawings for Man Over Mars' art club. Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent one is Dream, and you can see me do a a fairy drawing, basically. Um, YouTube, I still don't have a thingy for, but I do have a YouTube account. 
uh, that I'm trying to get reactive again. When I say reactive, I mean upload videos to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm really bad at YouTube, so. <laughs> but uh, let's see here. What game should we do next? Still looking for another game. But yeah, if you just want one uh, hub where you can find links to everything, just visit our website, gbrunners.com slash digb. Um, yeah, there's there's just clickable thingies there, which will take you to whatever you need. Maybe I'll update it with some newer things because I don't think I included the Instagram things. Uh, so maybe I'll add those as well uh, in due time if needed. But you can, of course, also find uh, a link to our Patreon um, if you would like to support us with more than just listening or commenting or upvoting us on the various uh podcast listen thingies that you use yes i know all the technical terms for these things uh <laughs> but yeah we do have a patreon where you can do the monthly subscription basis um and then you can get some extra things like uh, being able to listen to some of the outtakes or you can look at our episode notes if you're interested in those and eventually we will also be doing uh like the audience episodes where you can uh, pick a game that you want us to do and then people will vote in which one they would like the best. But we need a lot more patrons for that, of course. We can't do that quite yet. Um, and we are also still trying to get to our $20 a month goal and that will uh, make us be able to do more live recordings of these episodes. So then you can actually... Uh, watch two very ugly people talk about a video game for a while if True. you are so inclined to do so um but yeah that's one with bedhead <laughs> yeah for you yeah <laughs> because it's always early for you it's late for me of course um but yeah um you do not maybe you do not want to do like a monthly thing but you do want to support us uh, with some money one time you can also do that through our paypal um it is a little bit harder for us to give you the exact same benefits um, automatically um, as through Patreon. So if you do donate something to us, we will uh, try and get you those uh, bonuses as well. But just let us know how we can maybe contact you or, or what your username on Discord is or something like that. Um, so we can uh, give you the right permissions to access everything you want to. Yep. <laughs> Uh, have you done Solomon's Club? I have not played Solomon's Club yet, no. Would you like to play Solomon's Club? Uh, I guess I'll eventually it, do have to do that, it, yeah. It took me three hours to beat. <laughs> it's gonna take me a lot longer because I do know what Solomon's Club is, but, uh, but yeah, for sure. Do you want to do that one? Yeah. I, 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 I like doing mutual things because... I know what it's like to play something you don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been interested in playing that, yeah. Plus, I really need to pick up puzzle games more <laughs> for my portable pleasure because I'm going to end up with like a hundred puzzle games in the end. Nobody yeah, ever chooses those. Well, we don't really do puzzle games that, that often. Yeah. And then this is like kind so. of an action puzzler, I Yeah, guess. it's like an action yeah. puzzle game, yeah. It's like Solomon's Key yeah. on NES. Yeah, or Fire and yeah. Ice if you know that one. Or yeah. Fire and Ice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is Solomon, Solomon's Club. Alright. Solomon's Club it is then. So yeah. The next time you hear from Mo and I, we're going to be talking about Solomon's Club, which is an action puzzler on the Game Boy. Until next time.
Bye-bye. Later. Yeah, I feel like our, our, I feel like our syncing has gotten a lot better just with the countdown and then the record click. Yeah, legs might beg to differ, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Not our problem. Nope. <laughs> All right. <clears throat>